changing academic life. I'm Geraldine Fitzpatrick, and this is a podcast series where academics and others share their stories, provide ideas, and provoke discussions about what we can do individually and collectively to change academic life for the better. In this podcast, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Yunnan Chen from the University of California, Irvine. This is the first podcast I've recorded over Skype, and it's a bit of a learning curve, which shows, so hopefully you'll still be able to follow it despite the patchy audio quality. And I tell you, it is worth listening to, because Yunnan is, is amazing. She shares her experiences moving from a medical degree in China to a PhD in the US at the intersection of medical informatics and human-computer interaction. She also speaks out about her tenure experiences and being part of a long-distance relationship and the struggles negotiating academia and becoming a new mother. Yunnan, thank you very much for joining me today and... This is our first try at a podcast recorded over Skype, so it'll be an interesting experiment in lots of ways. You have a very interesting background because you were a medical doctor and now you're in an informatics faculty. Can you tell us how that transition happened? Yes, um, I did want to medi- I, I went to medical school um, back in China, and I would like to say it's a slightly different medical school system than what the U.S. medical system is. So I went to medical school. Um, I actually pretty enjoyed it. It's, um, I would like to say it's very busy and uh, it's very stressful back in medical school because the five years you have to learn so many different things. Yeah. Um, then in the middle of my, I think in my third year or second year or third year, I decided... Actually, I didn't thought too much about changing major or going to study abroad. Uh, my main motivation back then was to study English. So English was my, I would say, my worst subject back in high school. Mm-hmm. So I had this fear in college that I really have to work hard. Otherwise, I may not pass the minimal requirement for graduation in terms of English. Wow. So I studied really hard, and it turns out I, I did pretty well in those, in those exams, um, like the college exam. And after two summers, and I decided, well, since I already spent the whole summer learning about GRE, I'm going to take it. Take the exam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I took the exam. Um, a year later, after I think in my year four, when I was in math school, mm-hmm. and I got pretty well in the TOEFL and GRE exam. And at that point, I talked to myself, well, I already spent two years on this exam. Why don't I just apply for some universities? So that's my motivation back then. Um, so uh, to apply for university out at, in the U.S., mm. I have to change majors because it was not possible for me to apply for medical school uh, for many, many different reasons. They're just really difficult to get in, uh, the different exam, um, all sorts of reasons. So no one else in my school actually going to the same path with me. So I sent myself up 
on a lot of bulletin boards, which people talking about how to apply for schools. And I learned from others. And I had many different choices back then. I could, a lot of people in med school, I learned, they would apply for majors such as uh, biochemistry, biology. Mm-hmm. Those are the things we learned before. Yeah. And you can apply for grad school in those majors. Um, again, I didn't want to do it. Um, and um, I did in college. I did a little bit of, um, I had a little bit of research experience with a professor who's interested in medical informatics. So I helped him one summer with a small research project. And I talked to myself, maybe that's something I can do. So when the time I applied for grad school, I decided I'm going to apply for medical informatics. So I basically just Google searched all the programs that offer medical informatics program, both for master and PhD. Um, I applied all of them. Mm-hmm. I think I got very lucky. Um, uh, or all the hard work, yes. Yes, and I got very lucky to get into a program, and it gave me a scholarship to, to come to study yeah. in the PhD program. Um, so, yeah, so that's my story. Sort wow. Of nature. So you sound like someone who's got a really, you know, you know your own mind and you're not afraid to sort of go for it when you decide you want to, regardless of what other people say. And more importantly, you put in all the work behind it to see it through. Yeah, and I think I got a lot of uh, disagreement uh, from, from other people, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just really hard that um, it's almost impossible you got scholarship yeah. to study um, in the U.S. or in med school, it's just really difficult to apply. Um, but I, I think in some way, I just want to try and I just want to see whether I can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've proven clearly that you can do it. So, so you're now a professor at um, Department of Informatics at the Donald Brain School of Information Computer Sciences. That's a big uh, name at, at Irvine. Yes. And how's was that your first job after your PhD? Was that your? Did you go from PhD into that uh, position? Yeah. Yes, it is my first job after PhD, yeah. and I think in PhD. I took the same path like I did before. Mm-hmm. So when the time I'm about to graduate, I need to look for jobs. And I wasn't sure what I want to do. And I, I'm interested in research, but I'm not sure whether what kind of jobs ahead of me I could apply. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk to my advisor back then. I asked him, well, I saw a lot of jobs in health informatics and I also saw a lot of postdoc. I sort of feel like I'm interested in the postdoc because I feel I wasn't, I was not ready. Uh, what my advisor told me, he said, well, you might want to see all your options before you decide what you want to apply. Mm-hmm. And the next thing he also told me is, well, why don't you organize a small club for all the PhD students who are about to graduate? You guys meet weekly to discuss your progress and to put that application forward. Mm-hmm. 
So I did that. I applied for all the postdoc or faculty position I could find back then in 2008. And I organized a small club every week, put together agenda, um, thinking about we're going to talk about CV, we bring CV, we mm. invite faculty to give us feedback. It's interesting. At the beginning, people are really um, engaged. And then gradually, maybe they're busy or they're not sure whether they wanted to apply for faculty position. And then towards the end, there very few students actually bring their materials for critique. Okay. okay. But I insisted that I just, I just thought, well, I organized this. I have to go through it. Um, so I went through that and I applied for a lot of jobs. It was very busy or difficult time for me. I remember that year I spent Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve all prepared for job application materials. Um, then I sent all those packages um, very nervously and I thought I may not even get one. Yeah. And I was really looking for the postdoc jobs. Then again, I thought, I think I'm very lucky with this. And either lucky or not lucky, it's hard to say. I did not get any of this postdoc job. Mm -hmm. So, but eventually I got quite a few faculty interviews and I got three faculty positions eventually. Of course, among them, I love Irvin. And I actually declined the other two just to wait for Irvin. Right. It's a bit of risky, right? Because I knew if I, if I don't have the Irvin offer, I, 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 there's no job for me that year. Mm -hmm. um, so it took a lot of courage for me to go through that. So there must have been something about Irvin that really made you want to go there then, that you had a sense that that was the right place for you. Yes, I just really loved here when I was yeah. here interviewing people. I mean, there's a great HCI also yes. set up program and a lot of great researchers. And also when I was here interviewing, it was winter, right? You think California in winter is mm, very lovely. Very attractive. Yeah, so a lot of reasons yeah. Um, yeah. for me to choose Irvine. But when you were getting all of the postdoc applications rejected, was that a hard time, or if, how how was that? It was it was a hard time, and I think um, I was not very confident about myself. Like apply for grad program, uh, grad school, apply for a faculty position, and. I was never a superstar on the market, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of schools wanted me. I always feel like I'm not confident, but I just wanted to give it a try. Yeah. I think I have a very huge imposter syndrome. I just mm -hmm. want to give it a try. Mm -hmm. So getting those rejections, mm -hmm. you do feel, well, maybe I'm not good enough for those positions. Yeah. I mean, even getting those faculty positions, I remember in my first year at Irvine, I talked to my colleagues and I said, well, you know, I sometimes think they chose the wrong person, right? <laughs> I felt I was not ready. Um, also, the same thing, I talked to my advisor back in grad program, right? Uh, PhD program. The first thing I talked to him is like, you know, I'm not computer science major. I'm not really good at programming. Do you think I can study this? So he basically said, 
well, you can study the human side of it, uh, which worked out perfectly. Uh, but I was not confident about myself. Um, and it's putting a lot of stress on myself um, all the it, way this many years. It does sound like you have high standards for yourself as well. There's sort of tension of not being confident, but also wanting to do well and putting in an enormous amount of work and effort to make it happen. Yeah, in some way, yeah. I think it's more a personality issue. Yeah, yeah. 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 So what's been the biggest challenge for you as, or what was the biggest challenge for you as a new faculty member then coming straight from PhD into a faculty position? It's, it's a huge challenge. Looking back, I, indeed, I think I was not ready. Right. <laughs> Is, first... Would you ever be, would anyone ever be ready though? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, Looking at a lot of graduate students nowadays, they have a really impressive CV, many, many papers, um, high CSCW, and um, they taught classes before, and they, some of them applied for grants before, and I think they're, I'm not sure whether they are ready, but might be slightly ready, mm. slightly better than me. So when I apply for jobs, um, I have my dissertation, but I haven't got those papers, right? I have some papers, yeah. but not that the best papers in Kyle CSCW. So I'm always very nervous. In my first two years, I think I was very stressful and anxious all the time. And many times I thought, what if I got a postdoc position? I could have been much happier mm. <laughs> or it could prepare me better than just directly jump onto a faculty mm. position. And um, it was very stressful, and I worked very, very hard. Um, I would say it's not really about working hard. It's a bit of lost. Like, you don't really know yeah. what to do. Yeah. It's It feels like you have a lot of energy, but you don't know where to put those energy. Yeah. Like, it's not like I knew how to write a CAD paper. So I have to put a lot of effort to... I remember I examined many, many Akai papers, CSW paper, right? How to write those papers. Um, I remember I did a lot of things in my first two years. Um, I even have a person to come over to look at my writings and see if there's any issues with mm -hmm. it. I mean, back then, I think my writing has a lot of problems. So I have a, a, a senior PhD student in English department, she came in every week, and wow. I show her wow. my, this is my draft, uh -huh. what do you think about this? Uh -huh. So I did a lot of this in my first two years, and I think in some way it is very stressful, very anxious, and um, eventually um, it helped a lot to build into the future career, right? I, I, I do believe everybody has this difficult time. Yeah. Um, you sort of either give up or just try very hard. And, and get I, more I, determined. Yeah, I never know whether those things would work out. But I just had this feeling that even if they hire the wrong person, now I'm stuck in this position. I have to work really hard and I have to prove that mm -hmm. I can do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what other things did you do that helped get 
over that steep learning curve about you know working out how to write papers and do grant proposals and teaching did you were there mentors or were there training programs any things like that that were important for you um many many things right uh, i learned even from the time i applied for grad school i learned that there are online resources mm-hmm. there are people online you can ask for help so I have many friends that are in academia, not in informatics or information science, but they're Chinese. Um, um, they're assistant professors or grad students, and we talk about things. And I learned so much from them, right? Even we're in different uh, majors. Yeah. I learned so much from them. I look for information online, right? Uh, even writing grants, there are tons of resources online. Um, Many university has this library, has dedicated space for writing grants. And uh, also I learned from other people's, when they publish Kai paper, I remember when I was about to write my first Kai paper, I found tons of examples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, And I examined those papers, how other people wrote those papers. And eventually I have great mentors at Irvine. Yeah. I have, um, at one time I have four mentors. Uh, and were they, uh, formal, were they formally allocated or were they, was it more of an informal rela- mental relationship? Well, they're formally assigned to me. So I have um, Alfred Kopsa as my mentor. And um, I also have Judy Olson mm-hmm. as my mentor. So I have two mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, so Alfred is really great, great giving me advices about well how to go through the tenure process mm-hmm. and the different um, how to navigate the the pre-tenure life yeah and judy is even i can't say how thankful yeah. i am for we have termly or sometime monthly meeting and uh, I just we just talk about different things, yeah. all the things I uh, went through when I have the classroom crisis, when I experienced um, all kinds of challenges in my life. I always I always ask her for her advice, and she's very frank. She gave me all the advice I needed. I mean, she's actually the person she suggested me to get a a, a English tutor when I was first arrived at Irvine. And she said, well, maybe you can find a person and look at your draft. And being English as a second language, it's yeah. it's difficult. And I was not confident. I, I have to say I was not good. So she gave me this advice and she's not afraid that I may think about, well, how come you give me this advice, right? She's very frank. And I listened to her and I, I tried different people in the in university and I found a really um, really great person who come to me every week great. and we talk about my draft that's great yeah so um you've you've now gone through the tenure process and um in in your tenured position and you know so obviously things have worked out and you've also recently had a baby do you want to yeah. can you just sort of reflect a little bit on you know the the whole uh, issues around family, having family and um, you know, dealing with tenure and dealing with academic life yes. and what that was yes. like for you. Yes. Um, so I mean, one of these um, 
interviews is about the work-life balance. So you probably can can tell that uh, before I had, I have a family and a baby. There's not much of the life going on. <laughs> it's all about work, and I talk to a lot of people. I think for especially for the grad students or people who from different countries. Um, because we don't have family members around, yes, and we don't celebrate those holidays. So, the time I don't have much of the life going on until I started. I I think until I have a baby. So my husband also work in academia, and I would say he works even harder than me. Oh, that's <laughs> yes. So uh-huh. we're in the same situation. Uh-huh. We're in the very same situation. We both back then were single. We have mm-hmm. to work very hard to get tenure. And there's not much of other things going on in our life. So, and then we had long time was a long distance relationship. So, you know. How was that? That sounds like it would be difficult or um, not. Um, yes, difficult or yeah. not. I think for normal people, Long-distance relationship would be very difficult. Yeah, but it works well for us because we work, we both work very hard, and in evenings we don't expect to go out yeah. to have fun. We both are in our office, our home office, and we work, and then sometimes we talk through Skype or FaceTime, and that worked worked out well for us. So in some and ways, being distant allowed you both to continue working really hard. And also, we don't really need to be. I mean, because we have, we cannot be together, mm. which means we cannot do a lot of things that, like, watch movies and going shopping mm. or do other things. So it's sort of like sitting in front of your computer. It's it's natural and it works perfectly for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so until we had a baby, and that becomes very difficult. Um, for all these many years. I always had this feeling that, well, 5 p.m. after I'm done with my work, well, I knew there's still an evening I can do something, right? Mm-hmm. If I have a paper deadline or if I have something to finish, I knew that I can count on those evenings. I can count on weekends. Yeah. yeah, I could say no to my friends and I work on my papers mm-hmm. and I work on different things and that's natural and I can do that. And were you happy doing that at the time? Um, you know, when you look back now in the middle of it, were you happy that, was that, did that work for you, working that much in the evenings and weekends? Um, I think in the first few years, pre-tenure, it was very stressful mm. and I was not very happy this, that first, I would say, two years. And after that, I got this confidence somehow. Well, I can write Kai paper. I can write CSW paper. I can write grant. And it motivates me, motivated me to move forward. And that period of time, I was actually pretty happy working hard. Yeah, and I also got students, and I got a little bit of a supporting group. And that's, um, I mean, I would say I don't mind working hard, but I also wanted to say counting on your evenings and weekends, I was not always very productive. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of discussion with my friends about this. And I think it puts your time, 
when you have baby and you have a much of more activities in your life, it puts your time in boundary. So you know, so I know, now I have to finish my work by sometime 4.35, mm-hmm. and I have to go back to my baby. And I can do a little bit more, more work after um, I put him in bed. Yeah. But still, without this boundary, I sometimes just feel like I have all the time, right? I have time. I can work to 1 p.m., mm. 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. in the morning. That's not good. And sometimes I found I was not very productive just yeah. because I knew there's so much time I can spend. Right. <laughs> Yes. So in having boundaries, it also made you use your time more effectively then, are you saying? Yes. And I knew I only have one hour or two hours I can work on this. And I'm just getting this done, right? I'm not going to looking at the internet or spending my time doing others. I mean, I'm slow starter. In the past, I used to like the first half, 30 minutes, one hour, I'm just doing all kinds of different things like checking emails and looking Facebook, all kinds of things. Now I know I, I only have that much time and I use my time more wisely. Mm-hmm. So um, how old is your baby now? And he is 15 months. 15 months. So this he's, he came after tenure then? He came after tenure. And how was that first year? Can you remember back to, uh, did you take time off work? Did you have maternity leave? Yeah, I had maternity leave. I was very lucky. So I had maternity leave and then I took a sabbatical leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not go anywhere. I stayed home. I think I probably worked half time um, on my research and then the rest half on my the baby and family related um, issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had the baby after 10 years. I think I'm very lucky, fortunate. It's a lot of, it's a lot of work. And I, I admire people who have baby or sometimes two of them before 10 years. I think it put things in perspective. Um, before I sometimes feel like, well, how come? I mean, sometimes when I talk to some, I mean, sometimes collaborators or students, I don't know. They have to go through that much for their for their kids, for their family. Mm. And now I I think I have more respect for people who yeah. have who have who have kids. And I understand that sometimes it's just really hard for them to work in the evening and weekend. That's yeah. that's okay. Yeah. So I had this baby after ten years, and I think it it gave me some time to be slow. Um, but I also made some mistakes. Mm. Um, see, I mean, you know the story. <laughs> so I was invited for CSWPC. Mm-hmm. In 2015, I debated for a while whether I should do it. And I asked my husband, and he's like, well, you should do it, right? If you, if you want to do it, just do it. I, I'm here to help you with the baby. And I think he's very, also very academic-driven. He thought, well, work comes first, mm-hmm. right? So I calculated the time. I debated for a while. I calculated the time. I thought, well, that's going to be probably a month and a month and a half after my baby is born. So I thought, I've seen a lot of people do that. I've seen a lot of people did that, and they talked about this 
sometimes on Facebook and other social media. Well, others can do it. Maybe I can. So I agreed to be on the PC after 10 years uh, during pregnancy. And it turns out my baby was two weeks late. Uh, oh, goodness. So, okay. So, so I had to work on the reviews, everything, when he was about three or four weeks old. Oh, And I always thought, well, maybe I can handle it, right? I've seen a lot of others can do it, did it. Maybe I can handle it. And uh, I thought, well, I don't have other job responsibilities. I'm only going to do this PC work. Perhaps that's not going to be very difficult. Perhaps I will be very boring at home and I want to do something different. It turns out to be very difficult. And I remember I had to run to Starbucks trying to read a paper. And that was the first time I realized my life is forever different. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Time is in the boundary right now. Mm -hmm. I knew I have three hours. I have to finish this paper and review. And I have to go back home. And I remember the time when I read papers, I was very slow and slower than before. And I had to write these reviews. And towards the end of the, the, the third hour, I was very anxious. I was like, I couldn't finish it in three hours and I have to go back home. So that's the first time I realized I don't have a limited time in front of me. I, I can't work for something forever um, my time is not as flexible as before. And it was very difficult. After I got back home, I feed the baby, I put him in bed, I bring back the paper, I forgot everything about it. So, I mean, it's it's not surprising looking back, is it, for it to have been like that? Yes, yes. And um, I think for, for a period of time, I even struggled. I even struggle. I feel like I couldn't even write English when you're that yeah, tired. Yeah. Because um, you should be sleeping if you've got a little bit of a break, not reading a paper. Yes. So I eventually, after I'm done with all the papers, review, everything, I complained about this. Mm. <laughs> I said, I mean, I'm not really complaining about anyone else. I just, as either a reminder or lessons for myself, yeah. I think I said on Facebook, I just feel very tired of doing this when my baby is that small. Um, and I got a lot of people comment on my Facebook post. Many of them mentioned this. Well, you shouldn't do it, right? This is the wise. You should ask around with others who had babies and see if that's a good idea. And I never asked. Mm-hmm. So. One lesson for me is I should have asked. Yeah. And also a few others that I've, I've seen that they did the PC work or they did other major service work when their baby was one or two months old. And they actually came to me and said, you know what, that's something we chose to do because for 10 years, right? Mm. There's, there's certain things you have to go through for 10 years. And some people just did it because of they have to do it. And I think for me, one lesson for me was I didn't have to do it. I could have taken a break back then. 
Um, I'm glad I did that, and I learned so much from that experience.、Mm. But if someone come to ask me for my advice, I would say, give yourself a break. Good, great. After the baby, yeah, and you know it's going to be very difficult, and nobody knows about the challenge. Nobody talk about those challenges,、um, and it's really hard to say the dark side of having a baby. <laughs> Working academia,、um, I think asking around for people's personal experience、yeah. will be very helpful. But it is something that you've said before as well. It, it's something that's so radically new and different as well. And no one, it's. I think it can be really hard to understand, you know, how your life is changed forever after a baby when you haven't had one. Yes. Yes.、Um, It is very difficult, I think, for us.、Um, I'm dealing with a lot of issues, right? I'm sure everybody else has experienced that. We have、um, a baby, and、um, my husband just moved to Irvine. So, dealing with this,、um, we have we have been in relationship for many years, but we've never really lived together. And those kind of there's a lot of issues to deal with, and now I'm trying to to build a work-life balance and build a system in my family, and trying to have some kind of rules that how we're gonna work, how we're gonna live, and、uh, for us that's very difficult to do、um, because we've been sort of. Live by our own for so so many years, so long, and I think with academia in academia to have this work life balance, it's very very difficult because sometimes it's really hard to say I'm not gonna check my email in、yeah. the evening or I'm not gonna work in weekends.、Um, is that、I've、what heard- you're? Is that what you're doing now? You're not checking email in the evening or weekends. Um, I haven't got there yet. I would say, so for now, what I'm doing is from 4 p.m. sometimes 4 4:30 till the time my baby、um, goes to sleep.、Yeah. I would not work, but after that, sometimes I would do a little bit work.、Mm-hmm. I would check emails or I I would do something. I would read,、mm-hmm. and I think being in academia, it's also afford us a little bit of. Flexibility.、Mm-hmm. I don't have to be in my office till five thirty-six, so I can be back a bit earlier,、right. and I can catch up work afterwards. But I'm trying to create a system that I'm able to attend to the baby and also my work、yeah. at the same time. And what do you do to look after yourself as well in the middle of all that? Because you talked about work and the baby. Yeah,、um, I think. Well, we actually had、um, not that much on that side, yeah. So right now, I've been、um, trying to make sure I have time for the baby and I have time for my work, and I think I get used to sort of not having fun outside of、uh, this、um, research or baby or this, right? I think that is a time I need to squeeze. Out of this schedule, maybe this is my next step.、Yeah. So little by little, little by little, indeed. Yeah, and I, I, I can imagine it's a huge transition as well,、um, living together. And I know that you've just moved house as well, which is a big undertaking. 
Yes,、um, I mean, I'm I'm just a person that if I determine to do something, I'm just gonna do it. So when my husband moved to Irvine last year, one thing we have discussed is our house was a bit small,、mm. so we won't exchange to a bigger one. I also I feel a bit I don't know either guilty or <laughs> whatever the feelings about that. He gave up his job and come to me, and I wanted to give. To get a bigger house,、um, one thing I did was、um, we all live on campus at Irvine.、Mm-hmm. So once you got on campus, how things really hard to exchange to a larger one. I took the courage. I sent an email to the entire housing list. So all the residents living on campus, they're on that mailing list. I explained my situation and I said. Is there anyone would like to exchange house with us? And Very an initiative. Yeah, it's an initiative I took, <laughs> and I got someone who is interested in downstairs their house. Oh, right. And we got we got approved, and we swapped our house.、Right. Um, so we're in the middle of moving, and I think it's it's moving towards work life balance, and it takes time.、Um, For a while, I was very frustrated because I do not have this work-life balance.、Yeah. I imagined when my husband moved over, we would have that perfect life、mm-hmm. right away,、mm-hmm. and I was frustrated for a long time because he is a night person. I like to work in the night, and I like I am a morning person. It took us a long time to adjust our schedule and timeline, and to work on. Even this house, right? I thought I would be able to get the bigger house right away, and it took us a year. And I think over this period of time, this whole year, my expectation is also lower.、Mm-hmm. So I can stand for a lot of things, right? This is something I wanted to achieve. I can wait for a while,、yeah. and I'm okay. My life or my my home is not perfect. Um, I'm okay. It's a bit messy. I'm okay.、Um, I don't fold my clothes in perfect shape. <laughs> All the things I think it it took me a long time to give、yeah. up those、yeah. things, and it's actually achieve a better and happier life. Now I feel finally I feel I'm in a very stable stage. I'm happy with my life. I'm happy with my work, and I don't feel very stressed out for both sides. I'm Excellent. Not, I'm not struggling both sides.、Mm-hmm. When my baby was born, the first few months, I signed up for mommy supporting group,、mm-hmm. and I would say I was not happy the first few months because I struggled in the middle of being a good mom and、mm-hmm. being a good researcher,、mm-hmm. and I feel guilty sometimes looking at those moms. They spend their whole time with their baby. They do all these things for their baby. They cook organic food for their baby. They buy all these cute clothes for them.、Yeah. And I, on the other hand, I look at my colleague. I look at people on Facebook. They've been reporting. They're doing this great work. Their project, and they're talking to their students. They're so exciting. So for a few months, I struggle in the middle,、yeah. and I feel guilty for both sides. Yeah. I was just going to say, not feeling like you were doing either well, and also comparing yourself to other people on both sides. Yes, that was very difficult.、Yeah. And eventually, I learned, 
I'm just gonna be myself. I'm just gonna do the thing I would like to do. I'm not gonna compare myself with anyone else. So I quit the mommy supporting group mm-hmm. uh, because, well, I feel I'm doing fairly well for my baby. I spend Good. a couple of hours with him. Um, I cook for him, even though sometimes maybe not as high standard as those moms did. Um, I just stop feeling guilty. Mm. Um, I think that's one key yeah. um, when you have a small baby and also very demanding job. And it sounds like a really important key. It sounds like that was a big trigger to just sort of, I, don't know, I can almost feel or hear the sigh of relief or letting it go a little bit, taking the pressure off yourself. Yeah, and I think um, I talked to a friend about this, and she had two kids. And I remember one thing, she's also a researcher. Um, one thing I remember she said is, well, I'm just very proud. I never read a book about raising kids. I just raise my kids the way I like to do. And I think that line actually enlightened me. Yeah. I, I talked to myself, why can't I do the same thing? Why... I, I don't want it to put that high standard on yeah. me and that's a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. Yeah. yeah, and we can do that to each other without realising that we are um, creating pressure for each other. Um, you know, and I'm, the time has just flown and we should probably look at wrapping up, unfortunately, And because I'd love sure. to talk more. Are there any sort of final thoughts that you'd want to leave? Um, I, I would say... Um, talking to a lot of people, right? Especially those who have experienced things. A lot of times um, we don't talk about the dark side of these issues. We don't talk about our stress um, publicly. (laughs) When you approach others with your problem, don't afraid of doing that, right? I I went to Judy and sometimes crying with my issues. I mean, I always get really good advice. And I also feel don't be too harsh to yourself, <laughs> uh, uh, especially in this very difficult time, yeah. for example, having a baby, yeah. all those things. And I just got tenure and I, for me, it was very difficult at the beginning, but I do want to say things are getting easier and easier. After my year three, I do feel like I, I wasn't sure I'm, I would be able to get tenure, but I feel like I love my job. The stress is still there, but I know what I can do, right? So it's the stress is working hard instead of feeling lost or in confused. The yeah. Yeah, lost. Yeah. yeah. So I do think it's very difficult at the beginning. And then once you learn, like I said, to spend that much time thinking about how to write grant, how to write papers, but once you learn that, it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be very, it's going to be much easier than you, you're, you did it, you're doing it the first time. So this job is, it does get easier. Um, so it's not always like pretend your life. Uh, That's great. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and so, also that I liked the, the part about just being more honest with one another. Yeah, I mean, if uh, if you if people ask around, and you can get very good advice, and I that's one of my mistakes. Mm. I sort of just thought I could do it, and I never asked anyone who had small kids mm. whether that's a good idea. Um, so I think don't afraid of 
reviewing that you're too tired, you you have some concerns, uh, finding good mentors that would be very helpful. So one thing I did not talk today is um, just recently I got signed up and someone added me to a Facebook group called mm-hmm. Academic Mamas. Oh, okay. uh, I can send, I mean, I think I can send you the name. And in there, because it's a secret group, in there, thousands of women, they're talking about what they struggled with, their life are so difficult. And... Um, when I signed up to that group, it's already past like my initial uh, challenging time. But it's just so real to see so many women, they experience the similar things. And they would not even talk about this to their friends, publicly, to their colleague. Um, and I think for people who are interested or who are having the same issues, it's, it will be very useful to sign up yeah. to this kind of supporting group. I, yeah. I, I agree. I totally agree. And, and how secret is it? I mean, can if, if we talk about it on the <laughs> podcast, can people sort of find it, search for it on Facebook and ask to join? Or what's... It's called secret. I mean, I don't know. It's called secret group. I guess the secret means if you post anything there, it won't show up on your on your Facebook page or something. But it got thousands, like 4,000 right now, 4,000 people. It's a very active group. I've added a lot of my friends into it, and they appreciate like learning the challenge so they could be prepared. Yeah. So we all know 10 years is difficult, yeah. but not so many people have talked about the challenges of raising up a small kid while having a 10-year yeah. track job. Yeah. That's, and especially when... A big part of our job is is you know trying to appear competent and in control and you know, able to continue producing the same outputs in that. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that there are so many people in that group speaks volumes for the need that's out there. Yeah, I'm seeing my neighbors, people I I know in my I mean people I don't know, but in yeah. Irvine in universities. They post things on that group asking for asking for help, for advice. It's just real. I think the struggle yeah. is real. Yeah. 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 And and the fact that you find it's helpful and other people I'm sure find, you know, helpful as well if they're all there. Uh, there yeah. probably many other issues as well that we could be doing similar things about, not just having babies, but other aspects of um yeah, I think people talk a lot of things, right? Um, being as a female, they don't feel like they're treat they're being treated fairly, <laughs> respectfully. Um, they talked a lot of issues, like a family issues with husband, with kids, and how to deal with a sick kids, having a class to teach, all sorts of things. Um, it's actually give me a pretty and put things in perspective. It give me a pretty good sense about what to expect next few years for me right um this uh, the ideas of looking for the perfect life or yeah. after this year things will be perfect yes and it's probably not gonna be it's not gonna be no because there's always gonna be you know the, the new challenges of that year or that time yeah so i i think it's a good thing to learn from other people's yeah. experience yeah, yeah. excellent yeah. this group actually just founded i think less a year ago so it's amazing, yeah. Yeah, that is amazing. 
Well, it sounds like you're doing amazingly well as well, just in being always being very reflective about what you're doing and how it's going and seeking out help and you know applying the same determination. Yeah, I mean, although I would say I, I, I mean, we didn't talk too much. I mean, a bit of lost right now again, right after having a baby after ten year, looking for things I really passion, I'm really passionate and I wanted to work on, and I think that's that's part of the lost um, part of like right after. I have the baby that's part of the lost. But I think I kind of like talk to people and I tried to read more. And I think I found some project I'm very interested in and I wanted to do. And I think it's a stage, right? It's not like you get tenure, you're, you're, you're done. You will not be puzzled, lost again. I, I have to admit I was lost for like a whole year. Yeah. Um, after tenure. Uh, yeah, uh, because... Uh, yeah, before 10 years, all about, I had to publish all the things I have right now. Now I have to think about what next I want to do. So that took me a while. And that's lo- that feeling of lost, that was, that was not easy to, <laughs> that's, um, yeah, I think it's even more challenged than working hard without time. It's like, mm. I don't know what to do next. Mm. It took me a while. To get through that stage. It sounds from your story that you've always had a strong sense of what you want to do and then, you know, putting in whatever effort is needed to achieve it. And there's always sort of the next challenge, whether it was learning English or then trying to get into college or, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, it's just stage by stage. Um, I wouldn't say after 10 years, people are just happy. <laughs> without any issues and I think I, I actually know a few of my colleagues or other people is after 10 years I got even more lost because this motivation that pushed you forward it's gone now you have to drive by your passion and that is a huge difference um, yeah so it took me a while to to realize what next I want to do and I think it's it's just part of our life um yeah, it's part of our life. Yeah. yeah. So just time to, I don't know, take a breather again after the intensity of the tenure process and then yours was you know, made more complex with having a baby. And yeah. Just time, yeah. To, yeah, time to find that again, that passion. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's okay to be lost. Mm, yeah. It's okay to be lost. Yeah. Don't feel too anxious. It's just very natural but then after a while what you want to do next would naturally emerge yeah. um it's just it will just come to you yeah yeah oh that's all great good on you well you know thank you so much for your time really appreciate it and i i hope that uh, lots of other young people especially with sort of young families who might be going through the same thing can take some heart in in your honesty and just sort of sharing your own journey through this. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, you can subscribe to Changing Academic Life on iTunes and you can follow Change Acad Life on Twitter. You can also go to the website www.changingacademiclife.com Thank you.